A-League is inevitably, inexorably back in full swing for some teams anyway. And the Destruction in the Box podcast is here to take you through every cowbell, fire alarm, and non-televised goal. My name's Rudy Etzel. I'm joined this evening by Andrew Clark. How are you, Clarky? Not too bad. Thanks, Rudy. How are you going? Uh, Dan Fisher. Uh, g'day, mate. How are you going? You're in a different room of your house because uh, you, oh, you don't have the, the, the your daughters on. Uh, well, wait, is that right? yeah, I've, I've, I've moved to the kitchen. No, no, we've packed away the desk. There's no more working from home. So the desk's oh, okay. out of the bedroom. The bassinet's set up there. Oh, by the way, if I actually, um, if, if my wife comes running out of the room, it's because um, she's in labor. So that could happen. <laughs> yeah. <anytime. laughs> I think right. it's behind you. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah. <laughs> the, I think the, the, the kid's in what we call the drop zone. So uh, yeah. <laughs> is that a, that's a that's a medical term, I assume. And it's, a, it's a medical slash football term. <laughs> yeah. And we've also uh, <laughs> also joined this evening by uh, young Christopher Alloy. How are you, Chris? Uh, g'day, Rudy. G'day, boys. So I mean, also to... in the drop zone, but that um, <laughs> relates more to my activities that are uh, engaged in over the New Year festive period. Good evening. The double everyone. drop zone. <laughs> I'll see you next week. <laughs> Clarky, if um the, the lounge room of Doom is no more. Um you've you've moved no. on to the Christmas break, I believe. Yeah, yeah. So moved house, so to a much nicer abode actually. So it's uh, the lounge room of natural light and uh but, but Clarky, white walls. Dank. Yeah. The dank. The real a real pivot to Christian rock over here. It's uh, <laughs> it's his, it's his third. It's his, uh, it's like the, the, you know, when like metal bands sell out and they, they have their like third yeah. album and they're oh, like, oh. all of a sudden they're happy, so they can't make the angry music anymore. And that it's that's what Clark is that's about. It. To well, do. when I went over there, it's Clark just like he's got live out. throwing copper on repeat. It's just you know, <laughs> it's just <laughs> oh, so it's loving less, it. Less lounge room of doom and more uh, conservatory of of pleasantness, Clarky. Yeah, I, something like that, I guess. Yeah. Just, you know me, I'll live in that place and then eventually I'll just stain the walls up and it'll become just like home again. So <laughs> it's like, yeah, you'll, you'll inhabit the area and it will uh, take on your, your, uh, your attributes. Um, the, the Gigi Allen School of Interior Decoration. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. All right. Uh, we've, we, we're getting into Gigi Allen territory. It's probably time to talk some football. Um as per usual, we're going to kick off with our, our observations, boys. Um, and I'm going to go first. Just watching the um, the Wollongong game on the weekend, Wellington and Sydney playing out of Wollongong, as um, yeah, Wellington are obviously going to be doing for a lot of this season. And it's, it's like a nice little stadium, Wynn Stadium, home to um, the Wollongong Wolves play there and um, St. George Illawarra play there. So it's very much a, you know of its area. Uh, so it was quite enjoyable to see behind the goals at each end uh, ads for Wellington City Council. <laughs> Obviously, Welly uh, needing yeah, needing sponsors have just gone to the council to stump up, got those plans in place, and then actually we're kind of playing uh, several thousand kilometres away. I've just had to bring the hoardings with them. So yeah, hopefully uh, there's a big influx from Wollongong to Wellington uh, as soon as the borders are are reopened to, to repay the faith of Wellington City Council's advertising dollars. <laughs> uh, Clarkie, what's your observation from the first full sort of round of A-League action? 
Uh, just that it was, as a fan, it was so good to actually get back to see live games of A-League this round. I'm sure all the fans that managed to get to games were just super pumped. I know I was. There was mates that I hadn't seen since the last time I'd been to a game. And it was just a really good feeling in the stadiums, in the terraces. Obviously, there's still a little bit of uncertainty going around in Victoria and New South Wales, but it was sort of nice to sort of put it on hold and to still sort of safely enjoy a game of A-League football for the first time in a long time. And I think the the influx of um, laughing gas into the esophaguses of, of um, fans down at Wollongong. They were selling Nangs down there. Wasn't that the deal? Um, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, think it was, I don't think it was official yeah, channel. Officially, no, I don't what think... officially branded they're Nangs? They're down there I doing Nangs, right? This I, is what I they're doing. I don't think they were. There was a, is that COVID was, safe? I don't... There was a tweet going around of... Um, of an, of an image. I don't know. Was it from Facebook Marketplace or, or was like something like that? I'm not something sure. That, like, Someone trying to sell Nangs like specifically at the ground for the game. A-League's back. Nature is healing. It's like, it's <laughs> that's what we want. More Nangs. Mm. Well, you just don't want to run out of a gasp, you know, before the end of a game <laughs> ever. <laughs> not sure they're quite performance enhancing Nangs. Uh, Dan, what's your um, what's your observation of the week? Well, something that caught my eye um, actually on social media, it was a friend of the pod, uh, Josh Parrish, um, found uh, found something on Marcus Babbel's profile plugging uh, his Spotify um, account. Uh, and uh, he's, uh, so he goes by DJ Bavaria, which... Uh, <laughs> Uh, which which we love, um, and um, he's um, it, there's obviously a bit of Australian influence from his time uh, time over here, a bit of Powderfinger Eskimo Joe, uh, but it's a pretty eclectic sort of taste. I think there's there's a bit of new metal for um, for for the uh, uh, for the for the destruction of the box heads around, um, so a bit, bit of limp biscuit and, uh, and, oh, and disturbed, yes. of course. Um, oh. so, I did see that. I noticed he was into Disturbed's cover of Sound of Silence, which is yeah. Which is vomit-inducing. Yeah, I prefer the deeper cuts of Disturbed. You know, uh, I, think, <laughs> I think I think Disturbed fans call themselves Lebrett heads after the Lebrets of. <laughs> oh God! Oh, <laughs> well, I, he does. I'd love to see. I, I want to see a set of of um, Davaria where he gets the crowd involved in that noise at the start of Town with the Sickness. <laughs> he seems. <laughs> he seems like the kind of guy. If there's one, if there's one band I was expecting to see on on Marcus Babbel's list, it was Evanescence, and um, there it is, um, "Bring Me to Life" by Evanescence. So, so really, um, what you're just rattling off every song you heard at the playlist at the um, Parramatta Over 28s, which you used to frequent. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I like, the first song on the playlist was like Eskimo Joe's "Black Fingernails, Red Wine," and that's yep. like. Has he just like has he been trawling through like old hottest one hundred Wikipedia pages or something? Is okay. well, I mean, I don't imagine the uh, the kids at Western Sydney Wanderers would have introduced him to that. Might have been the uh, might have been the, uh, the some of the older the over, players. The over twenty eight crowd. Yeah, yeah. the over thirty five crowd. I, I I posit that uh, that Brendan Santalabs put him on to Eskimo Joe. I like it. Yeah. I like Do you it. reckon his DJ sets just build up and build up, and then nothing meaningful happens, like his coaching style? <laughs> But he looks great. He looks great the whole time. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Chris O, what have you got for us this week? Um, we got a – going back 10, 10 or 11 days now, we got a little um, A-League. Um, obviously, it's back and we're all wrapped with that and delivered a little early Christmas present on the 24th on Christmas Eve when um, the World Game 
posted an interview with uh, Sydney businessman Abdul Halu, who claimed he'd paid a deposit to buy the Mariners. That, that essentially posited, you know, he positioned himself as essentially the owner. He'd, he'd paid the deposit. He was he was buying the joint. And uh, it was quite, a, 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 by A-League standards, it was an even insane interview. Um, <laughs> some, some of the quotes are just f- so memorable. Um one of them where he said, quote, he was he had plans to fuck shit up and ruffle <laughs> some feathers. Um, that's literally what he said here. Um, he, re- he referred to his purchase of um, he referred to his purchase of Central Coast as buying the worst house in the best street. And <laughs> then my personal favorite was a quote: "All my friends own clubs, as in fo- not not clubs where DJ Bavaria plays, but as in." Football club. So this guy's, you know, he, he is a part purports to be a purports to be a part owner of Rayo Vallecano, which is a, a small team in Madrid, um, in the in the second division, Segunda in Spain. Um, but then old um, soccer Twitter's own Vince Rigari has um, got something the next day in the uh, Fairfax News, and where um, you know I think Sean Mielekamp has uh, really put put old mate back in his place and told him basically you, that he's, you've signed a non-disclosure agreement. Shut the fuck up. Um, you shouldn't be talking about this stuff to the media. So it was kind of, it was really, um, even by A-League standards, it was pretty epic. I know most people are, given it's nearly two weeks old, we haven't been on the air, but um, just a glorious... Couldn't let it go without remark. We had to We had to mention it. Um, I think it was even Central Coast even released a statement saying... Um, very quickly. Yeah, like within hours, wasn't it? They were like, mm. "There is nothing to this. <laughs> Please ignore this." <laughs> it was ignore good stuff. this man. Yeah, um, it was a bit. It was a bit like the, the Nelly, the Nelly Yower of ownership. Yeah, yeah, he um, was. But I, I know I speak for every A League fan when I want Abdul Hello to own the Central Coast Mariners, and I hope that they he does get this transaction over the line because that will be good. His yeah. plan was to basically bring players over from the Segunda. Um, yeah, yeah. Which, that's said, famously that's the A League's graveyard. That's where that's where shit A League players go to finish their career. <laughs> he pretty much didn't he pretty much say he was like, I'll just bring a bunch of um Spanish players in and we'll just we'll just win this comp. And that's what he said. Win. Yeah, he said we'll yeah. run rings around the opposition. Um so but then my first was, signing is Javier Hervas. <laughs> yeah, he's Hervas. Oh, yeah. yeah. Frederico Piervacari. Um and, <laughs> but that, that gives us that gives us lads a nice little segue into um First item on the agenda this week: Central Coast Mariners, uh, uh, Maverick owner or not, the top of the league, yet to ship yes. a goal. They've won two from two. Uh, perhaps less surprising they beat Newcastle on New Year's Eve, but the two 0 win over Macarthur uh, just a couple of days ago, extremely meritorious. It was really a brilliant win, and and they're up and about. Like they've they've not just won two in a row here; they won the last one at the end of last season. So three wins on the bounce, and they'd drawn the two before that. They're five undefeated Central Coast down. Yes, no, they're um they're, they're looking all right. They had to absorb quite a bit, especially in that uh, that Macarthur game. Um, but you know they they held up well. They didn't they didn't lose their shape too much. Birigidi was really strong. Um, and you know he was called on to make some big saves, which um. Uh, which he uh, yeah dutifully accepted, and um, yeah their they, their goals were were really sort of the hungry ones um, across the two games that they have won so far. The way um, uh, Alu Kual just um, just bundled through, the way uh, Daniel De Silva just like bundled through and just you know forced the ball into the back of the net. 
Um, so yeah, it's it's good. It's good. They're playing. Uh, they're playing with a hunger, um, but they're also yeah. They're also keeping up, keeping it pretty tight. Yeah, and they're they're doing it um, really on this. We 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 made a big deal about in the uh, lead up the preview, but it was pretty much the smell of an oily rag that they're running on. But um, yeah, Stadge has them humming. Um, we've got written in our notes here, CCM of Barcelona, um, or maybe Central Central Coast Salona is what I've gone with. Um, <laughs> but it's the enterprise of um, of young Nisbet that's that's been really uh, mm. really exciting to watch. Yeah, he's been fantastic, and I know Clarky and I commented on that, that very player um, watching the game on Sunday. They've just got contributors all over the park. They're playing with energy. They're um, playing a, a, a pretty you know, um, pragmatic game style. They're, they're, you know, they're looking to be really solid and they're looking to hit the opposition where they can and that's what they've done and, and full credit to them. I, um, we were, oh, oh, you know, in a moment of, of rare honesty, we were disres- We were scathing to the point of disrespect in our preview of them earlier this uh, yeah. season. And um, It's hard for us to distance ourselves from that because it was two episodes ago. Yeah. We, like quite quite we were, recent. Quite, quite visceral. Our um... we were we were probably had a lower opinion of the club than than Abdul Hello, but um, <laughs> we, you know. But now it is the Mariners, the young Mariners with who are fucking shit up. Um, so <laughs> Nisbet, well, um, Smiley, very nice Spanish players. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of scathing as well, someone that I'm pretty scathing always towards is Oli Bazanich and. To be honest, in the, the first couple of games that he's played for, for Central Coast since returning, he's actually showed pretty good leadership in the yeah. middle of the park there. Um, and it's nice that CCM's got some leadership that isn't Matt Simon yelling at people, calling them dogs. Like actual <laughs> football leadership. You mean there's another way? Shows. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's good. And and I, I just want to get all aboard the nizzle for uh, Socceroos um, <laughs> camp, which I'm sure the train is leaving the station, but he's been – Fabulous young qual, like Dan said, you know, just um, long may continue. It's really, really good, and they're they're top of the league, and and you know, good on them. It's a uh, yeah, as you, you, you've called uh, you've called him as a bolter earlier. Quite like that. They've also got um, <laughs> to not as well as all this. So we were bemoaning last time we spoke about them um, that they had no visa players. Well, I had one. It was Ziggy Gordon, and he's gone since then. They've brought in three players. None of them have um, actually gotten on the park yet because they've been. Uh, quarantining, I believe, but they've brought in Stefan Yankovic, Marco Urenia, and uh, Mikhail Yanota. And it's it's all of a sudden, it's looking pretty rosy for CCM. Like, I don't think they're going to... Yeah, I mean, it's obviously extremely early doors. I, I don't I don't think they're going to win the competition or anything. Or um, It's hard to even back them to make the finals from here. But, it, but like, finally, it feels like... Because we were just worried there was nothing to look forward to. And now, yeah, it just doesn't... Uh, doesn't look like that really at all. It's it's the nature of the win, especially the MacArthur one. You know, MacArthur for large periods of that game had had the ball and were just knocking it around. And and you know, in seasons gone by, they a team would have unlocked CCM and then that would have been it. Once the door is open and one is in, then it's like okay, now how many? But CCM really sort of stuck stuck fast and hard and and defended resolutely and really by halfway through the second half of that MacArthur game, MacArthur had completely run out of ideas. They had no idea how to get through CCM there. And yeah, mm. wonderful performance. It's also, you'd be, um, you'd be pretty thrilled, Clarky, I assume to see 
Jack Clisby wearing 11, like now shares a number with Ryan Giggs, you'd be, that's something you'd be really happy to see. Oh yeah. Just, you know, two quality wingers of the same ilk, please makes me fucking sick. What are you doing? (laughs) (laughs) Come on, give give him credit. Credit where credit's due, Clarky. They're undefeated. Clizzle's going all right. And I'll tell you what. Ryan Giggs never kept a clean sheet against MacArthur FC, so you know, that's, <laughs> no. something in the copy book for <laughs> for Clisby that Giggs he'll never get. <laughs> um, yeah, <cool>. uh, I did, <laughs> that uh, that takes us nicely. Um, I did want to speak about uh, MacArthur Cowbell FC. Uh, oh, f- <laughs> those cowbells are no good. Cut them the fuck out already. I'm, yeah. I'm done. They're a bit. Um, they're a little bit, it's got like just a touch, a little bit of the Vuvuzela about it. Like yes. you know how everyone was like, oh, a bit of local colour in the 2010 World Cup. Cool. These For the I first 20 these, minutes. Yeah, I love <laughs> these instruments. And then it was like, oh, it just sounds like a swarm of bees is attacking every game. Okay. <laughs> um, but yeah, the Cowbells, Cowbell FC, as I said, uh, the, their first game, the, their, the Wanderers playing them at Wanderers Stadium uh, itself with... The the kits that the two teams was wearing, like the the the, the white of MacArthur, the red and black of, of the Wanderers and their 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 awesome collar. And the style, like the the, the level of the game, it, it was great. It was really exciting to watch and it was it felt like football. Like you know, you of, often watch the A League and it's it's a crap pitch in a cavernous stadium and the teams are wearing orange or something and they you know like they don't it just doesn't look quite like football does with the, around the rest of the world. This just looked like football. I think we've shot off. We've shot off a little bit early, unfortunately, by using one of the five good games in the A League with the third game of the entire season. Um, we've got to spread those out a bit more. But this was this was a quality game that was, um, yeah, that, that was um, that was fun to watch. Um, yeah, there was there was quality players all all through the park, and um, yeah, it was easily the um, of the eight games that have been played so far. It was certainly the pick of the bunch, the standout for quality uh, for sure. Um, and there was a new, we unearthed or un, a new uh, cult figure, really, I should say, was unearthed during that game. Young Lockie Rose. Um, people are all about him with his uh, sort of uh, floppy blonde hair and impish good looks and uh, exciting playing style. Chris what did you make of him? Yeah. Um, and the fact that he's just straight from MPL2. So he's coming essentially from the, the third tier. Of um of football and and that you know bodes really well for um you know the fact that a lot's been made of the you know this season going to have to be about giving the kids a chance and it and yeah it was great that you know that in that opening game that there was um a kid from MPL two you know running at blokes and, and getting everyone excited me and Clarky had a had a gander um at him on Sunday there as well and he's um you know yeah he's exciting he's direct he's um. And there's a number of players across the league, um, I think, this week that made, um, you know, a good impression. We said Nisbet, but some other kids. I think uh, young Jesse Daly, I think, for Brizzy, looked pretty good in the game against Victory. I think even that, is it Holman? Jake Holman, who plays for um, um, MacArthur as well. MacArthur. He looked good. Yep. And yep. then I think you got, is it um, Dukely over in um, Adelaide? Adelaide have always got their bevy of, of, of youth. They're always good for that. And you can't be talking about promising kids around the league without talking about Cal Neuenhoff and uh, James Neuenhoff, Dallion. Yeah, well. you know, all I'm, this, yeah, I'm just Neuenhoff. So it was good for that um, uh, more broadly. But, yes, young young L.A. Rose, I like that they've got the um, – that's cool that he's got the L.A. Rose on the back of his, um, his jersey. Well, they had a double row substitution 
in yeah. the um in in their second game against CCM. Yeah. So Liam and yeah. uh, Lockie came on at the same time. So I like that they've differentiated. They're no relation, though, I believe. So, no, I believe so. Um, we 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 did ask uh, on Twitter for um we 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 jumped on him during the game. He said he's officially one of our boys, and we also asked for help crowdsourcing a nickname. Um, I'll run through some of the better ones that we got here. Uh, I quite liked a uh, good friend of the pod, Nadia, gave us kiss from La Rose because of the LA on the back of the shirt. <laughs> um, Seal. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that, That's a DJ Bavaria artist. You know that. <laughs> Add that to the playlist. <laughs> speaking speaking of DJ Bavaria artists, Dale Stevens gave us Axel. Hey, <laughs> yeah. that's good. It's a good one. A couple of um, uh, Sky Blue views said they call him Hollywood because of LA Rose. And there was uh, another from Ryan suggesting uh, uh, Los Angeles. Possibly my favourite is uh, Kayla Tarad, who uh, Taylor Carrad told us uh, Corey Worthington, which is an excellent. <laughs> <Yep. laughs> Toffee flavoured Vuck gave us Derek, and um, Derek. Jo- Jordan Canellis gave us pie, as in no pyros, no party. Which I'm. <laughs> oh, that's good. It's a, it's a stretch. Yeah, it's a stretch. <laughs> but we're hey, you know, we we can't really. We're here. We can't really be ta- uh, talking down content. That's a stretch, really. Let's t- let's be honest. <laughs> no, we can't. No, we've we've done six seasons of stretching. Yeah, exactly. Um, I, my personal, I personally, I was going to go with the Macarthur Modric, just like, not so much for the playing style, because um, Ante Yukich will kill me if I make that comparison. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but because he just looks a little bit like him. His little impish blonde hair, the little headband thing going yeah. on. Yeah. So the Macarthur. I liked him. He played with no fear too. He had a bit of a tangle with Matt Simon, or Matt Simon came in and crunched him, and he was straight up in in Matt Simon's face. It's good you have to assert dominance against the junkyard dogs when you're an NPL two kid making your way. I like it. I don't want anyone to back down this season to any any Matt. Get in Matt Simon's grill. That's the motto of this season. Like you're an old man, retire. Like, just get in his face. You leave Matt. You leave Matt Simon alone. His team's top of the table. And I also think won't back down is um, Central Coast's motto. Yeah. That's one of the hashtags. Mm. Won't back oh, down. Okay. It's good. It's a good one. Bit of a bit of a Tom Petty theme. We've had a very musical theme uh, mm. so far. Um, let's move along to uh, – I want to chat about Wellington and Sydney, uh, specifically um, specifically the fire alarm. Now, <laughs> it's like, I quite like the, the, like the whole intro to this game was just soundtracked by like that weird – modern fire alarm that's like that sort of like whooping that whoop whoop sound and the guy going evacuate evacuate now <laughs> everyone was completely ignoring it it's been too long of an off season we are not we're not leaving <laughs> it's not like there's any current emergency give me death. anyone either so it's perfectly fine just to we do, yeah we definitely want the public like ignoring like um alerts at this stage yeah, I did. Like, someone asked Daniel Garb on Twitter about it. They were like, "What? Like, what happened there?" And and he was like, "Well, no one seemed bothered, so we just plowed on." Yeah. Well, let's connect the dots, though. They were all they were all sucking back on names, obviously down at goal. So they probably were a bit too weren't too you know fast about about um about you know adhering to any alarms. Yeah, a couple of banging goals in that game. Um, mentioned uh, Neuenhoff before. His hit was just ridiculous. One of those hits where you go, "What? What?" <laughs> <laughs> kind of, yeah. kind of like the Wellington keeper did. You, you go, "Hang on, he can't just do that, can he?" 
Um, it's, and it's, it's really that's, heartwarming that's, that after you know a period when the ACL, they Sydney looked like they couldn't hit the broadside of a barn, and we were going, well, maybe they need a bigger spread of goals this season if they're not going to p- replace Lafondra with equal caliber quality, and then they just unearth some nineteen-year-old who just smacks them in for fun. It's like, <laughs> oh, good. That's where the goals are coming from. Very good. Continue on your kill body ways. His ACL was very promising as well. So I know this this performance didn't necessarily take Sydney FC fans by surprise. I think they knew that they had one, um, you know, under under their gaze. Um, So now I just didn't think he could do that. Yeah, that was that was specific, wasn't it? (laughs) Yeah, that was 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 pretty impressive, Um, and. We, you know, we were worried about Sydney's goals and they were like, oh, okay, we'll just bring back the guy with like the record for goals in a season in the A-League, a second top scorer, Bobo's returning. And there's kind of a suggestion that he'll be playing off the bench as well. Like it's a, it's a massive flex that being able to bring back a guy <laughs> who's put in 27 in a season and just, oh, we might see a bench roll for you, pal. <laughs> You'd say the, the, the donkey here who is just the best scorer in the A-League history. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> so watch out, you white asses. <laughs> uh, now, and I think Wellington, uh, I think they scored a goal in this game, but I, I can't remember it for some reason. Oh, uh, no, nah, that's all right. I um, I was going to watch it, but then, I don't know, I think I forgot or something. <laughs> it's like, it's, uh, like you know, we, we, the term vintage A-League comes up a fair bit. And uh, unfortunately, like, I think the, 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 it, this this second goal in this game, Mitzvah Moradovich's equaliser is is the absolute epitome of it. The the fox feed just cut out at exactly the the worst possible time for it. Like yeah. you know, you can sort of like it'd be consigned to history if it had happened and nothing had happened in that minute. But it just happened to be Wellington's first goal of the season, and it, I was like, it, it, it was a nice enough goal as well. It was, you, you know, but you, you feel stooge if you're a Maradovich. You know, you've now lost one goal that you can't add to your YouTube compilation when you're shopping around for a club in 18 months' time. <laughs> it, can, it can add it, but in the end, the footage that came out looks like it was shot from an iPhone 4 in the grandstand. Yeah. 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 I wouldn't put it in production values, consistency, just <laughs> yeah. scrap. That goal just doesn't exist for you, mate. Sorry. Yeah. Sorry, pal. <laughs> He just needs to put over like um, Bretton Speed's commentary of Riley McGree's goal um, oh, and just be like, you know, the footage, the footage wasn't found. This is how good it was. Have you ever seen a more freakish goal in A-League history? <laughs> <laughs> uh, it did lead to – there were some cracking memes out of it. Um, my favourite was probably the <laughs> – my favourite was probably the one that, um, referencing the the, Chris, the famous Chris Kamara – um, video from Soccer Saturday where he completely missed the red card. Lee Whitney posted it. There's been a goal at Wynn Stadium, but for who, Chris Kamara? I don't know, Jeff. <laughs> I, <laughs> that. I must have missed that. <laughs> it's so perfect. It's perfect. It was a good weekend for Fox overall, wasn't it? Because um, they had the um, during the W League game with Canberra and Melbourne City, I'm pretty sure it was. The, um, the, the, the logo, logo, logo like, was just frozen on the screen. <laughs> Yeah, it looked like a, it looked like a flying saucer just hovering over the ground. Yeah, it was there for a little a little while as well, and even more unluckily, that's the that's the one ABC game for the week as well. So poor old ABC advertising for another um, broadcasting company altogether. It was a guerrilla marketing campaign. Yeah, that's <laughs> all those eyes on the on the um, on the ABC. Um, we sort of sp- bemoaned in the lead up, guys, the standard of goalkeeping. Um, across this competition and we're worried it's it's always been a bit of a strength of the A-League 
and we were worried that it was going to take a hit this season. And we've been proved fairly spectacularly wrong, um, in my opinion. Yep. Adam Federici in the first MacArthur game particularly was brilliant. Um, Birikitti has made a bunch of huge saves to CCM. And uh, most impressive for me was young Delianov at Adelaide, who's uh, had a couple of clubs already and slotted straight in as their number one and looked right at home. Kept a couple of clean sheets against um, quite good opposition, made a bunch of saves against Western United and then kept that uh, golden boot winner, Jamie McLaren, uh, for City. And, yeah, how, how good's the goalkeepers? Uh, they are. It was even just last season during one of our episodes, I'm also pretty sure we were talking about the last time a young keeper has come through the A-League ranks because um, I think we sort of went back to, like, Paul Lizzo was the, uh, the last sort of young one to sort of, you know, get get a, a real go at the starting role. So we've got, yeah, um, Delianov um, out there. He's, um, yeah, he's like what, in his in his early 20s. Um, he's been around a little bit. Uh, Highly rated. He's he's actually had an ACL injury um, in his in his past, um, and he had one previous start for Melbourne City as well, where he kept a clean sheet. So he's actually three games for um, for zero goals at this stage. Oh, we did bemoan. I think we did worry about it, but I will, in our defence, collective defence, I think we did say Federici. We expected to be the the yeah. leading light in in between the posts, and he proved to be, um, you know, early doors. Yeah, um, he's class yeah. above. It's a class above what you generally find here, keeping in mind that um, Liam Reddy hasn't played yet. But um, his time will come. But, um, yeah, look, it was um, Birigidi as well. Me and Clarkie were noticing he's... um, he's, Looks half the man that he used to be. He's half the man he used to be. He is... um, I hope he's okay because he looks... um, He looks... (laughs) Very, very thin. Um, so <laughs> I think he's, I think he's going okay, mate. The, uh, yeah, he's got yeah. the results are on the board at the moment. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But he's 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 looking. He's dropped a heap of weight. Like he's 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 thin. So um, yeah, just hang in there. But um, <laughs> yeah. With all that said, with all that said about uh, goalkeeping standard, we did still get a classic ready zone entry, Dan. Uh, yeah, I think uh, Tommy Glover. Um, and he, we didn't we didn't have to wait long to to see it as well. Uh, it was in the what the second game of the season. Um, he's um he's adventurous, Tommy. We'll give him that. Mm-hmm. He ventured out against Adelaide as well for yeah, a, yeah, for that's a header outside his area. So yeah, amazing. Two uh, two ready zone entries from the one bloke in the first two rounds of the league. It's, it's right. a monitor. It's, 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 a, it's a watch this situation. Yeah. We're truly blessed as a podcast for content sometimes. We are. Um, speaking of City and, and Adelaide, uh, Reds have been very impressive in their first two games. Um, uh, they kicked off the season with a nil-nil in Geelong that probably uh, won't go down in the record books as a classic, but the win over Melbourne City was particularly um, uh, meritorious, I feel, even if Scott Jamison maybe gave him a bit of a helping hand on the city side of things. <laughs> okay. You want more from your fucking captain than yeah, it was, to get the first. Yeah. The, the first, first yellow. yellow yeah. I mean, I think as I was saying to you guys off air, you know, Scott Jamison's the kind of guy that you need to keep a yellow card in reserve for when he needs to kick somebody in the face or yell at somebody. And, <laughs> yeah. and just to, to waste your first yellow card, like, just, you know, yeah, yelling at the ref. through the game, yelling at the ref. It's like, well, you haven't given your yourself enough rope there, and then he just runs across a defender and yeah. took him another ten. Took him another ten minutes. 
Yeah, I did. I did enjoy that he he knew straight away as soon as he'd pulled up. As soon as he'd fouled um, the Adelaide player, he knew straight away. He's already taken the armband off. As if, he if, you watch the, if you watch the replay, he actually is taking his armband off as he's tackling the player. He's, <laughs> he knew. He knew. Um, it was actually. I haven't seen. Honestly, I haven't seen a player walk off that quick since like. Um, Roy Keane with Alf Hangeland. He just walked straight. <laughs> if you remember, he's killed the bloke yeah, but- and he's walked straight off. And and that's what, um, yeah, Galloway just straight off, which, yeah, poor, agree with Clarky, poor from your captain. It's the quickest I've seen an A-League player get off since Bessup Barisha trying to coax Pascal Boscart to the... You <laughs> <to the laughs> mean car park now. Let's go. Come down the tunnel. <laughs> uh, but it, it had a... Um, it, actually, remarkably, um, and it was said on the coverage that that was his first ever red card in the... A League Scott Jamison. I looked it up and it's true. That's his first what? ever first ever red card in the competition. So that, he's a that man. Is a guy who, that is a guy who's walked a tightrope. That's yeah. That's that's a, that's what the Australian cricket team used to call it, headbutting the line. And he's he's headbutted the line <laughs> a fair bit, Scotty Scotty Jamison there. But it had an immediate impact because straight away Adelaide scored. Um, training ground sort of drill. Tommy Urich with his first goal. And how how, how happy was he? And how good is it to have him? Back in the league, I'm I'm really excited to see him. Hopefully, he can score a hatful of goals because he's never been a big, um, like he's never been a a huge scorer. And if he can really put it together here, it'd be great for for everyone for the Socceroos for him for Adelaide. He's looking physically. Yeah, uh, he's definitely developed that time overseas. It's 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 unmistakable. But I mean, it's something that we've said about Adelaide for for a couple of seasons now. They need a consistent scorer up front, and I'm just getting vibes from him. I know, I know vibes don't count for jack shit, but it seems like he's in the best possible position to take that step and to become a consistent A League scorer. Also, like that he rubbed it in Scott Jamison's face instantly with, "Hey, I've got yellow cards to go around, mate. I'm just going to take my shirt." <laughs> <laughs> that was glorious. That was glorious. As, as, and, the, and the stadium there with the the ten thousand odd, and you know we've been there. Um, you know, sounded, sounded louder. Sounded yeah. louder than ten thousand. They just need to get there. If they can just get that five figures regularly, they get the big. You know, you know, get it in, get it into the big bear and Tommy, and, and get some goals and get the Ws. It'll be, they'll be exciting. Um, and I know Carl Vart, uh, Carl Viet rather has spoken very highly of, um. You know his his view of of Tommy Urich's potential. Um, Steph Mack, the captain there. You know he, he's um, he got one with a deflection, but um, you know they got good signs, good a good vibe out there, Adelaide. I think I the, love the pipeline. Steph. The pipeline of young SA talent is um, yeah, it, yeah. is continuing uh, through through there, and it's um, no, it's mm-hmm. really good to see. Um, they they they're throwing the kids in and um, giving giving them good minutes. So um, yeah, long mate continue. I think Adelaide yep. are one of the better clubs around the league for yeah throwing the kids in there, trusting them, and yeah, yeah, they've put a they've really put a flag in the ground as well, taking the captaincy off Jacobson and giving it to a young Adelaide player in, in Stefan Malk. Like the, that's obviously that's their plan. That's what they want to do. Um, and that's great. Uh, on the other side of the border, coming a bit east, Melbourne Victory's uh, new signings on show on uh, Saturday night. Clarky, you and I were there. So were you, Dan. Um, mm. And Cal McManaman, uh, for 45 minutes at least, <laughs> looked an absolute cut above this competition. Yeah. 
Definitely good signs from him. Um, you can definitely tell that he spent most of his career at several levels above. It just as soon as he got the ball to his feet, he he knew what he had to do to advance the situation and and basically executed it at will in that second half. I mean, everything fell to shit when they ran out of gas in the second half. Could have done with some of those Wollongong nangs, but <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah. Not gonna lie, there was there was there was a little bit of carry on in the stands when he was when he was on the ball. Yeah, well, yeah. he he just looked. Um, I think I can't remember if it was one of you boys who said it, or if um, we had beers with a beer or two with the, for fuck's sake, fellas as well. I can't remember who said it, but someone was saying he looked like he knew what he wanted to do when the ball got to him. You know, like yep. he had a plan. Which you don't always see in the A League from wingers. They don't. You know, they sort of like let the ball take them. Whereas um, it might have even been Josh Parrish that said it actually. But it, yeah, he knew. You could see when the ball got to his feet, he was already, he knew, he just knew where he was going next and what he was doing. Some up situations, I can beat you and then I can deliver it in here or take a touch there. It's just a ton of experience that he, he tapped in. So look, looked pretty good, but uh, got largely upstaged by a very, very good Brisbane Raw outfit who took the opportunities and put the foot on the throat of a very tiring victory in the second half. Yeah. It was a game of two halves, that one. Um, obviously, victory uh, pretty dominant in the first half, but only getting out of that one, one all at halftime. And Brisbane were Brisbane were dominant in the second half. And it was actually the case, if you go back to Brisbane's first game against City, where they dominated uh, the mm. first half, uh, but had nothing to show for it. And then City got the, got the winner in the second half. So Brisbane sort of... That, there's sort of been games within games so far that we've seen from from the raw, um, and I think yeah, perhaps they whether they they learnt or adapted a bit from from that first showing, uh, but they, I think they'll better for it in that second game against the victory. And um, yeah, with their backs to the wall, sort of at, at half time, um, yeah, they they came out firing and um, and yeah, were clearly the better team. Um, and, well, uh, d- deserved uh, deserved their win. Um, yeah, love loving the way Wenzel Halls is looking uh, early on. He's looking very, very sharp, and who knew all it took was consistent run of games for a young kid to show what he's capable of. It's like, just play him. I think yep. everyone's been saying, whether it's Brisbane fans, whether it's been us, whether it's been opposition fans, just play the kid. The kid will score. And he, I mean, he was pretty unlucky, I think, in, in the first game against City not to at least have one, but was very, very dangerous against yeah. Melbourne Victory. And Brisbane's goals were just canny, like and classy and experienced Scott McDonald's opening goal was very just absolutely just rinsed the victory defence and yeah it was uh, look intelligent another one that uh, would have really warmed your heart Clarky was a uh, very telling contribution from Corey Brown for the first two goals he um he was yeah. the he was the one getting in behind <laughs> set up the <laughs> set up McDonald goal the yeah. one, and then uh, he was the one that put in the corner for for Gillespie mm. in the second one yeah I mean Turns out all a man needs for confidence is a hairpiece. <laughs> um, the Dylan Wenzel holes, that was my favourite, though. That was a really, really exciting. As soon as the ball bounced in front of the victory defence, you knew Wenzel Halls was oh, absolutely going to win that. <laughs> <laughs> poor old, poor old uh, Ansel in particular, you just really... Turned like, in a knot. Yes. You, can, you can hear it. You can actually hear him physically, like, trying to turn. Like, you're not like a, a big ship when it's trying to... <laughs> like, you can, you, can, you can hear his hips trying to get around, and they just they just couldn't quite. Yeah, they just couldn't. He got very much... I'm saying he's still turning right now. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so, but the, yeah, 3-1 loss of victory, not... Um, not 
terribly not terrible signs really. They just need to uh, need to, to gel a little bit. Um, I think it's fair to say. Fitness. I think it's fair to say Rudy Justed needs some minutes. He didn't look. Um, he didn't look quite aligned with the team out there. But with that said, I reckon it might have been different in the first half. All the crosses they were fizzing in victory weren't coming mm-hmm. in the second mm-hmm. half when they needed him there. So um, a hot, another watch this space on uh, on Big Rudy. I'm personally very invested in him being good, as you can uh, obviously tell. Do you think Robbie Fowler would have enjoyed the win over there in East Bengal, guys? I'm sure he would have been watching, no doubt. He's obviously a keen Brisbane Roar enthusiast, um, yeah. someone who um, you, you just feel. I think he's um, Marcus Babble style. I reckon he's going to – like he's got he's got the tattoo lined up to mark yeah. his time um, you know, you know, yeah. with the club that he remembers so fondly. He's got his own Spotify playlist with a bunch of like uh, mid noughties rock anthems. Oh, Powderfinger, obviously, yeah. being a Brisbane Roar. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it. more. Isn't it more gangster rap? Isn't that his? Um, isn't that his go? Oh, well, then he what Briggs probably then. Um, <laughs> but um, he he did uh, he came to our attention during the week. We got um, alerted to it by I think it was the Brox Facts, our good friend of the show, who um, tagged us in. Robbie in a very confrontational uh, conversation is maybe not the right term for it, but interview with um, an East, uh, a common uh, a pundit in India who he called out for um, you know not like not showing his team enough respect, and it was from um, like a, a club fan account, and it said something like, "Oh, geez, if uh, if Robbie's going to be this confrontational, should maybe Tony Grant take the hit, take the media? Oh, Jesus, uh, maybe not. I think if." <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, maybe just stick uh, stick with Robbie. Rob, Robbie, Robbie's actually somehow the cool head in this situation. It is, um, yeah, he is. So, yeah, you probably probably don't want to let old uh, old tones off the uh, off the chain. Indeed. And speaking of cooler heads prevailing, um, Newcastle have uh, have had their license. So uh, Martin Lee has had his license taken off him, and Newcastle are now in the unique situation, and it would have to be unique worldwide, surely, of being owned by three clubs in the same competition. So yeah, they're down no... owned by Sydney, Western Sydney, and Western United, Chriso. Yeah, it's it's I guess good for Newcastle fans and and you know staff and players in the community. They know they've got owners, but they also are their um, rivals. So it's interesting. I, obviously, it's a it's a you know the league is now you know a separate entity from the, the federation, and um, the, the, those clubs obviously see a, an opportunity to make some money when they sell the license on to a new investor. So, uh, you know, it's sort of got, could be a win-win, so to speak. So good that there's some certainty, at least for the short term, for um, the Jets who have obviously had a um, as, about as torrid an off-season as you could possibly have. Um, very interesting. So those, yeah, Western United, Sydney and um, Western Sydney um, are, are the owners. So I, I don't know, that... I guess it's a business decision, but to me, it is it. And I know they've brought, they've installed someone there to. Uh, ex, I think it's Shane Mitski, um, yeah. an executive chairman. So I don't know if, if Laurie's reign of um, um, excellence, <laughs> to be frank, uh, Laurie's reign is over, or will be he'll be sidelined or moved on, or still involved there's, in running the the club. But no way they're getting rid of Laurie McKenna. Surely not. Yeah, couldn't. Possibly. Well, yeah, but I hope not. I love Laurie, like everyone. Um, you know, I've I've bloody read excerpts of his book on on a podcast for two years. But he's um, it's interesting. They brought this Shane Mitski fella in, who I believe was a former CEO of the NRL. So different cat, different operator, um, different style. Laurie's run a 
his way uh, for a little while, and and he's had to. But interesting to see how it plays out now. That you know, when you've essentially got what Danny Townsend, um, you know, Pete, is it John Siamis, and um, I forgot the fellow's name. You've got three other CEOs of the three clubs that own them. I, I don't know. It's don't it's imagine they'll situation. be hands on. I don't imagine they'd be they'd be at all hands on with with. Except when it comes to pilfering the players, Daniel, um, that would be <laughs> that's where I think uh, it well, could. It's already we'll started. It's already it started. Stephen Gardner signed for Western Sydney for next season. It yeah, has. it was in the same press conference essentially. <laughs> and we'll, we'll, well see. That's... It's just weird. Like Rudy said, probably un, unheard of in any other sport league worldwide. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, I'm not sure Western Sydney necessarily needed an ownership change at Newcastle to be poaching players off them, Dan, to be fair. Um, but that's, um, that's – I think we're, we're just about uh, just about done here for the night. Um, we could talk about the the independence, the unbundling of the professional leagues, the, the new Bunnings A-League run by the clubs. Um, but it's, I feel it's touch outside our remit, uh, mm. really. Like it's probably a, don't want to hear us talking about unbundling – the professional league and, and ownership structures and marketing yeah, campaigns. We can, Listen, we can dismantle like... a laughing gas canister. That's about all we can unbundle. We've got <laughs> yeah. we have it. We can pack a cone. That's about all we got. So listeners, listeners might have picked up picked up on the vibe over the years that we're like we're not like massive governance type guys. <laughs> like it's just just not really our go to be honest. And I, I think you just gotta I think you just gotta play to your strengths, which is which is Nang's. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and to be fair, I'm endlessly fascinated by governance, and I'm really interested in it. I just, I just can't talk confidently about it because I've never governed anything. <laughs> Not like, serious. but yeah, I think uh, I think that will do us for for this evening, guys. Um, we've got well, from here on. I'm pretty sure we're just back into weekly fixtures now because we, we we sort of left it behind because it was. I, I suppose you can't really take anything for granted in the new COVID normal, can you? Like, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Who knows when We've Perth had, are going to be we, able to play? And I don't know. Friend need, of the pod, agile, and, agile, agile. Friend of the pod, Marcus is. Who I saw tweeted earlier to say when. What's the schedule, guys? And yeah, well, I think we'll just be doing this every early every week as every, each week as we have been for the last six we'll try. years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, try and get it out on Tuesdays. But if the schedule throws curveballs and it, it's better for us, we'll we'll keep you posted on socials and so forth. Indeed, indeed. So yeah, that's uh, that's been enough out of us. You know uh, where to find us. We're at ditb pod on Twitter uh, and Instagram. We're destruction in the box on Facebook. We also love uh, your emails. So get a hold of us there. It's contactdestructionpod.com, Clarky. That's correct. Yes, that is. Yep. Lovely. And also um, feel free to to leave us a a, a nice five star review uh, on on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, they it really helps out with um with uh, with our reach, and we'd love as many people to hear us as possible. So uh, yeah, that's enough from us. I've been your host Rudy Etzel. I've been joined by Dan Clark, Dan Clark, Andrew Clark. <laughs> Cheers, Rudy. <laughs> it's been a long time between drinks, boys. Uh, Dan yeah. Fisher. <laughs> Cheers, Rudy. We've just known each other for like twenty five years. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and Chris Alloy. Lay off the gas, Rudy. <laughs> We'll see you next week.